be realistic with yourself. Get real with what you're feeling, with what you're able to do. And it's totally fine if you're not up to, to some things. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Small Minded Podcast. There are a lot of firsts in this episode today. My guest is on a podcast for the first time that she's ever done it in her career, and this is our first international guest. You heard that correctly. We are speaking with my friend Magdalena Schurman from Germany, and I had so much fun. It was a great conversation. We talked about her business where she is helping small town entrepreneurs and I should say big town entrepreneurs too, as they are traversing the struggles and challenges of work-life balance. So in the episode today, you are going to hear a lot of her tactical tips and strategies for how to get some more balance in your own entrepreneurial life. And we touch on how with the COVID of it all, this isn't just limited to entrepreneurs. There are a lot of moms, dads, people who are just pivoting to working from home who can benefit from some of the skills and tools and strategies that Lena teaches. Then, just to satisfy my own curiosity, we talk about her small town in Germany. She tells us about what her town is known for, including a 1,500-year-old tree that's in her town. Like, try to wrap your head around how old that town is. And then we talk about what life is like in Germany and her education and her upbringing and what she loves about small towns. And the best part of this is Lena agreed on air that she would do a follow-up question and answer session. So if you guys have any questions about Germany or growing up internationally that you want answered, make sure that you reach out to us at Small Minded Podcast or over on my business page at Molly Knuth Media. And we are taking any and all questions so that we can have a follow-up Q&A episode with Lena. It's going to be awesome. I know you're going to have so many wonderful takeaways from this episode, and I am eternally grateful for Lena for booking this podcast and making time for us in her schedule. It was so much fun, and I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I enjoyed speaking with Lena today. All right, without further ado, let's dive in. All right. I am so excited. And I know listeners, you can't see us right now, but like I am just giddy because I am welcoming my very first international guest to the podcast today with my friend Magdalena Schurman. And did I say that correctly? Perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I had her explain to me how to pronounce it and I tried but I just gave her a fair warning. I'll probably mess up at some point. But thank you so much for being here today, Lena. Lena reached out on Instagram and she just said, hey, if you ever want an international guest for your podcast, I'm game. And I was like, yes, I do. This is going to be so much fun. So thank you for being here. Totally. All right. So Magdalena, she is in Germany. I'm going to let her do a little introduction of herself, talk about where she's from, and also tell us how she is involved in the business coaching and consulting community. So thank you, Molly, for having me. It's, it's a day of firsts, obviously, your first international guest, my first podcast interview. So I mean, what can go wrong right here? So this is going to be perfect. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> We're going to nail it on the first go. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so my name is Magdalena Schirmann. Um, I'm a business coach and consultant with my own small business firm called Arbeitsleben in Western Germany. Um, the company name translates to work life, basically. So um, that's two of the aspects that I look at with my clients. Um, I work with small businesses, with private clients, um, and it's all about bringing a little bit more happiness into your work life making it a little bit easier, um, transitioning into a new workspace, um, into new ideas. Oftentimes people kind of want to go into a different direction, want to change what they're doing work-wise. That's always fun to see. 
and something I love to work with, um, especially living in a small town, um, living in a community that is pretty close-knit with people having so many different aspects of knowledge, of skills that they bring to the table. And it's just so fun to see how they are able to bring all that to the community and make the best of it. And that's something I really love about it. Oh, I love all of that. And I am so thankful that you touched on how people of all kinds with all skills and all abilities just bring so much to a community and make the tapestry of the town vibrant and help the community grow and thrive. So we're going to touch a little later in the interview on your town. I want you to tell us where you're at in Western Germany. Tell us a little bit more about the size of your community and all that good stuff. But let's dig in a little bit more to your business first. And I am guessing that with the work-life balance that you help with, that you've had a very busy year in 2020 and 21, helping people adjust to having better work-life balance. Can you speak to that a little bit, please? Absolutely. Absolutely. These two, well, one and a half years, basically, since everything kind of went, well, not, not necessarily downhill for everybody, but changed quite a bit. Um, yes, it has a busy year. Absolutely. People have been transitioning into digital um, fields, working virtually, um, having a hard time getting their work-life balance in sorts of, of some way. Um, it's really hard for a lot of families, especially kind of struggling with homeschooling, with work balance, with workload that they're still having. In all honesty, Germany has been way behind when we talk about virtual work, digital um, aspects of working. Um, and it's been quite a stretch for people to kind of catch up and get into Zoom, Google Meet, and all these great products, but just kind of figuring out how to use them and actually integrating them into their lives with family, with work, with homeschooling and everything going on. It has been crazy, crazy busy for, for me, but also for many colleagues. And just so interesting to see how small businesses have been pivoting what they're doing, finding new avenues to, to walk, getting their clients into the doors, the customers still um, up to speed. And it has been really interesting and fun to see how things have changed, even though the whole reason hasn't been so much fun after all. Yes, to all of that. I... I didn't realize that about Germany, that things were a little bit, people weren't exactly on board with the Zoom and the Google Meet and the digital aspect of work. So what are the challenges that you're seeing repeatedly? Is there any specifics that you've been able to help people with as far as making that adjustment? Like in your business, are you offering specific trainings or courses to help people with that? So it's been a lot of um, trainings that I've been offering for people and mainly one-on-one -on -one, just because people have so many different levels of knowledge and their comfort levels with technology is so different. Um, and it's, it's been especially a challenge from my perspective for women and especially women like middle-aged women that have been in the workforce that have worked even through childhood of, of their little ones, getting their teenagers up and running. Um, but they have not really worked virtually. They have gone into the office. They have worked with their colleagues but have not been in contact with technology as much. So now they're in their home office, sitting in their work and life space, basically, and having to figure out how to work all those different technologies. And it's been quite a ride for them um, and a steep learning curve, but it's so great to see that they are willing to learn and, and trying new things. Actually, one client was so happy. She started having coffee dates with her friends and with family. Oh, um, and that. using all of that, it was just so great to see that it helps her build more social connections, even through social distancing. Oh, that's great. In your response, I heard so many things that I wanted to touch on. So first of all, I love that you offer one-on-one -on -one opportunities, because like you said, everybody, as far as technological skill, everybody is in a different place. Some of us have grown up with it, like you said, and others are learning to adjust to this new workspace in addition to the technical skill that they need. So like you said, sometimes one-on-one -on -one is the best route. So you can teach to what they already know and push them in the ways they need to be at. Absolutely. So I think that's a wonderful opportunity that you're offering. And I'm interested to hear more about how you said you see a lot of women struggling, particularly with the balancing of transitioning into the home workspace with the homeschooling 
and all of the other things that come along with life in a small town. And I just, I remember back in, here's me telling my story now, Lena, sorry. (laughs) Absolutely. I always love hearing stories. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just remember like I had COVID in September of 2020 and I have four kids and it was the same thing you're explaining. I was like, oh my gosh. And March of last year, we transitioned into being at home and we had adjusted to that. But this was another transition where it was like, okay, we are really in lockdown for 24 days. We cannot go beyond the borders of our home and trying to balance myself being ill with keeping the kids up to speed with school, keeping my client load going and just managing the household. It was so overwhelming. So I imagine that as a business coach, not only are you coaching them with those tech skills, but you're probably also working them through a variety of other stressors that are in their life. Is that accurate? Absolutely. That's something that we see right now in a huge number. It's, um, it's crazy to think how many people have changed their everyday routine um, just from going to your office in the morning, getting your coffee, seeing your colleagues, working your work, going back home, cooking dinner, and doing that over and over again. And we all have these types of routines. And now everything just changes in such a great pace that people have a hard time adjusting just to something changing in their life. I'm not talking about all the stressors with health issues, just the anxiety of getting sick, um, the anxiety of their families getting sick, friends being infected by COVID. So um, a lot of people have a hard time struggling with just those changes in addition to being at home. Um, So especially with women, we see that they have a hard time getting their expectations in a row. Oftentimes we -hmm. have such high expectations. Um, When we, when we talk to ourselves, we are so unfriendly sometimes Mm -hmm. um, talking to ourselves, what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. And usually we see the wrong things, not the right things. So that's something that I talk to my clients about a lot, just looking at what do you expect from yourself? What are people expecting from you? And what, what types of expectations do you really have to cater to? What types of things are necessary? Where do you draw a line? What are things that you absolutely want to do and need to do? And what are things, you know, if you do your laundry or not, seriously, nobody's going to come and do it for you. (laughs) So you might as well just have it sitting there for a day or two. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really doesn't change the way that you are perceived as a mom, as a wife, um, as a colleague. It's just something's got to give. You just can't do it all and do it all perfectly. That's not the way it's going to work. Oh, that is such a great message. And as I was scrolling through your Instagram feed, followers, we are going to link to her Instagram so that you can follow Lena too. But as I was scrolling through your Instagram feed, I noticed that you have different tips that you share out with your followers there to guide them through some of these things, not just the business tips. But like you said, I saw a post and I connected personally with that post on expectations because a lot of times I am looking at my to-do list and just feeling overwhelmed by all of the things. But I have to take a step back and say, who put this on my to-do list? A lot of the things on there are things I put on myself. And like you said, it's not that somebody else is asking or maybe even expecting this of me. Some things, yes, they are expecting of me. (laughs) But a lot of it are things that I just put down there because I think this would be nice to get done. But honestly, it wouldn't matter if I push that off a day or two days or to another time of another season when I'm just not so busy. So do you have any other tips or like takeaways that you could suggest to people who are feeling like that? Like they're just overwhelmed with expectations. Are there any like strategies that you teach that can help them overcome that overwhelm? For sure. So one thing um, is really saying no to things. I know that that's really hard, especially talking from a female perspective. Um, but sometimes it's really just necessary to to give a clear no to your own expectations or to things that come your way and be realistic with yourself. Get real with what you're feeling, with what you're able to do. And it's totally fine if you're not up to, to some things. If you're not up to another Zoom meeting, if you're not willing to do another outdoor coffee date, uh, socially distanced from somebody, and you just want to go into your home and watch some Netflix, that's fine. 
and just get real with it. Tell people how you feel because that's the only way they know what's going on and might even be able to help you maybe get your workload off or um, give you something that will be a much better time for you. Um, if it's not the coffee date, it might just be your friend bringing you a casserole or something that might even help you much more. Um, and your friend might even have a better feeling with that than just doing that coffee date and kind of feeling that you're not up to it right now. Um, and that's absolutely fine. Go into that communication. I think that's really important talking to people, especially since we're all distanced right now. All great takeaways. And like I alluded to before, you have all of these in tips on your Instagram, because I remember seeing the one about saying no and about setting clear boundaries, communicating clearly, and just using all of those tools to help you live a better life, both personally and professionally. True. Um, I have a question, a side note. Do you read Brene Brown? Do you know yes. who she is? I, I know who she is. I loved her. She has a special on Netflix as well. And I love that. Yes. It's just so amazing. And I think she, she caters to a lot of those points as well. Just seeing, especially, I, I think women have a harder time with that. Um, we don't talk about that with men as often. I think men have tendencies as well. But usually they're a totally different set of expectations when we look at the role that men have in the workforce as well as at home. And I think that's something that um, Renee Brown often talks to women more specifically even than men, even though that can happen to men as well. They also see expectations towards their role or towards what their workload might be that are just unrealistic and hard to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I hear a lot of the things that you're saying remind me of her because something that I remember and like always tell myself, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. So when we're thinking about how we feel and expectations, and when you say one tool to combat that is communicating, something that I always tell myself is like, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. So I might as well be upfront and just say where this is or what the status of my situation, because that's the kindest I can be. And it also helps me alleviate some of that pressure and stress. Absolutely. And I think that's something that we don't do often enough talking about where we are at, what we're feeling, communicating about our feelings, our emotions can be really hard sometimes, but it's something that we can train just like we can train technology or that we can train our muscles to do something specific when we look at sports. Um, we can train ourselves to talk about what we're feeling and to talk about our emotions. And I think, especially when we look at kids, I mean, you have four of your own, you, you probably know that just teaching them to talk about what they're feeling and how to communicate what, what they're up to is so important. Lena, I love everything that you're sharing with listeners today. And I can already tell that there are going to be so many great takeaways from this episode. It's going to be awesome. But I think now I'm going to pivot a little bit more to talking about you specifically and why you chose to go into this line of work. Why did you choose to work with small business owners and help them with these work-life balance situations? Well, in all honestly, it really wasn't planned at all. So my life just kind of happens. <laughs> so um, I finished my bachelor's degree in business administration. Um, and was kind of looking into job hunting. Um, originally, I was going into human resources because I just love working with people and all the different types of personalities. Um, and while I was job hunting, um, I had this offer of helping a small business, kind of just looking into their business activities, what they were doing. They were having a hard time struggling financially. Um, and it was just a personal connection that was there. And, and I said, sure, I have the time. Why not? You can take a look at that. And it was just so fun. It, it was just so great to see that I was able to help them to relieve a little bit of that stress you have as a small business owner, kind of going with everything administrative in the background. Mm -hmm. um, usually people are so great with what they love, what their passion is, if it's um, physical therapy, if it is somebody that um, works with children, whatever, but the administrative background work oftentimes isn't that much passion loaded. Mm -hmm. So that's something that kind of comes up on a regular basis. And from that, it just kind of became word of mouth. And the next client came in, the next client came in. And I thought, well, after number three, you might need a name for what you're doing. And <laughs> probably would be good to have a logo or something. Just uh -huh. kind of have a business card you can give people. And 
everything else is history. It's, it's been five and a half years and it's, um, it's been a crazy ride, but so much fun. And I just stuck with it and thought, you know, I'm just going to try this and see how it goes. And it's, it's been such a great experience ever since. I love that. And I do hear over and over again from people that maybe this wasn't a line of work. Entrepreneurship and owning their own business wasn't something that they ever thought they would do, but they just like in your story, it was something that came up, they took the risk and then it just snowballed and it grew and you just kept saying, okay, I'm going to take this risk and I'm going to try this thing. And it's all helped you grow for the better. I think that's an amazing story. I love it. So in your response, you said that a lot of times there are business owners who have a passion and that's why they decide to follow that passion and start a business. But maybe the back end admin tasks, they're not the greatest, not so fun, not something that business owners are passionate about. So are there any things that you've run into as you've grown your own business that you're like, oh, these admin tasks, I need to get somebody to help me with them? Or have you found ways to outsource some of those tasks? Well, I'm still kind of in the process of thinking about that. Um, I'm at a, at a pace and at a um, time where I think there might be a next step kind of coming my way. Still do a lot of that myself. What I did experience is finding partners that are able to help you with their knowledge. So having somebody doing my taxes, I just, I, I am not a tax (laughs) person. I don't want to do it. I'm not good at it. Uh Um, I'm good at, at helping people sorting through their messes and kind of getting to a place where you can give it to somebody professional. But um, I'm, I'm just not that type of person. So that's something I outsource. Mm-hmm. I outsource from, right from the beginning because I knew I don't want to get into a mess with that and leave that to professionals. I think that's something just to keep in the back of your mind. If there's something that you really can't do and that you don't have the knowledge, that's fine. Just find somebody that will help you with that. And maybe even if it's hard to do that financially, kind of think about like trading what you are doing and what yes. that person is offering. And I think that's something that especially small businesses can really do in perfection that big companies just can't do that well. I think that's, I love that. First of all, you talked about how there are some things that you feel like you're getting there for. Maybe it's the next step. And I think that oftentimes when people are starting businesses or considering that step, They think I need to do all of this all at once. And I need to take these steps because that's how this person that I'm seeing on social media did it. And that's how I should do it. But as you can attest to, everybody grows at their own pace and you're going to need certain things at different times than maybe even your neighbor down the street who has their own business because industries are specific with needs. Everybody, like we started this podcast with has different skill sets. And so your growth is going to look different and you just have to grow as it works for you. And I love that you said you feel like you're coming upon the next step. And I am so in agreement with that. I think that there's no set framework that we follow as we grow businesses, but personally we can feel when change needs to happen and it gets super uncomfortable to just stay where we are. And so that's when we feel that something needs to make that next step. So I think that's great that you brought that up. Yeah. And trusting your gut feeling with that. I think that's something that is so important, especially if you're on your own. Um, If you have colleagues you can talk to, that's wonderful. It's always good to have a group of peers to talk through things with, but oftentimes it's just so important to listen to your gut and, and your own intuition because you are the person that knows your business and your work best. Oh, absolutely. And like you talked about, your gut knows when you can take something on or when it's time to bring someone in. Maybe not part-time. Maybe you don't even need somebody like very low part-time, but like you said, maybe there's just specific projects or tasks that you can get an expert or a professional to help you with, like in your taxes. I would never advise somebody, like I can't do my own taxes either. I have somebody for that. Um, But yeah, it's just trusting your gut and trusting that as a business owner, everybody had growth phases. Nobody knew what they were doing the whole time through this business growth thing. And you just have to know that you have to rely on your vision that you have cast for your company or just that feeling that you get as you're going through growth phases and knowing yourself and when it's time to make a change. 
it's so important to to keep your eye on the ball. I mean, just having like like an end goal at at some point, knowing where you want to head to and give yourself a sense of direction because otherwise I think there's this tendency of just getting headless, um, running around all these different types of ideas. And some people can actually work through those, which is wonderful, but not everybody has that mindset and has that ability to work with 20 ideas at the same time. And I think that's something that's helpful, just kind of keeping that one big goal in mind where you want to head to and everything else will usually fall in place if you just take your steps and kind of grow as you walk through them. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I mean, as you grow and as you walk through them, you might have seasons that are, you feel headless where you're just getting tasks completed. But if you can reorient yourself and go back to, okay, why am I doing this in the first place and get back to seeing that big vision that will bring you back to a place of, okay, this is my next step. Yep. And I totally believe in seasons of business, seasons of life. And I think it kind of comes back full circle to what you do with your clients is like everybody has different things going on in life and in business. And sometimes it's just a matter of prioritizing those, but always casting the big vision and keeping your eye on the ball. Correct? Absolutely. Lena, I could talk to you probably all day and I could use your (laughs) services as well, I'm sure. Um, But I want to pivot so we have time to talk about your life and learn a little bit more about where you're from. I know that you're in Germany, but you also have connections to the U.S. And I want to just hear a little bit more about you and what life is like in Germany. So is it okay if we pivot and I just ask questions for that? For sure. (laughs) To satisfy my own self-interest. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about your town? And like, about like the size of your community, what is it known for? Um, have you always lived there? Can you just give us a rundown? Sure. So the, the town that I live in is called Erle. It's a part of a little bit larger community called Rasfeld. Um, so it's kind of close to the Dutch border. We have that great opportunity to, if it's not Corona season, um, to go over there and get some great cheese and um, see our neighbors. So this is kind of nice. Erle itself has about, and I had to look that up because I wasn't sure about it, um, around 3,600 residents. So it's a really small town. What Erle is really known for are basically two things. So we have a small distillery um, in town and they make all these different types of liquor. And it's, it's amazing what you can do with all the different types of fruits and, and things that grow around here. So um, really local product, which is kind of nice to see um, a, a town profit from that as well. And the other thing is that we have an oak tree that is um, approximately 1,500 years old. So that's something. Yeah, it's huge. It's really, really, really old. And I mean, we're talking really old. So there's this cute story that my uh, great grandpa would would tell us um, that the tree was so big that they could fit an entire class of kids inside the tree because it's a little bit hollow and they would have classes inside the tree. So that's that's really cool. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I was doing research on you the last couple of days because I wanted to be prepared for our podcast. And I did go on Google earth and we were looking at your area and I was like, this is just so cool, but I did not see the oak tree. So I'm going to have to go back to Google earth and find that oak tree. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll send you a picture of it. It's really, it's, um, it's not as big and as impressive anymore because I mean, it's really old and it's kind of having a hard time weathering the storms that come through here, but um, it's still a beautiful tree. And just knowing what this tree kind of has seen, quote unquote, is it's just so cool to imagine what that tree has experienced. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is me being a little bit of a nerd, but I, listeners are going to probably judge me for this, but a lot of times when we travel or we go places, like we were just, we saw the mountains earlier this year and I always put myself in a position of, can you imagine what these mountains have seen, just like you talked about with the trees, or I think like the American pioneers as they're crossing this mountain range to go to create a new homestead. I'm like, how did they do that? And I thought maybe I was the only person that thought like, that. but I, I 1500 years is hard to wrap your head around to think about that tree has been there since 600. Oh my gosh. It's just crazy. Yeah. (laughs) 
Very cool. Um, so have you always grown up in your community or did, have you traveled over the years? Well, I've, I've traveled quite a bit. I wasn't born. So my family um, originates from Erle, at least my mother's side of the family. Um, we do have records that show that the family has been in Erle since 1500 something. So we, we have deep, deep roots um, in this area. But when my uh, parents met, they always had this vision of going to the U.S. at some point. And it actually happened when I was seven months old. So I was a teeny tiny baby um, when there was an offer to go live in the U.S. and work there. And that's what we did as a family. So I spent the first five years of my life in the U.S. Um, in Minnesota. Oh, not too far from here. Yeah, so kind of feels like home a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you have Midwest roots too. I love absolutely, it. absolutely. So we still have a lot of friends and, and really close, almost family friends live in St. Paul and um, Minneapolis. It's really nice always kind of getting in touch with them. And um, I was lucky enough to spend almost half a year in St. Paul during my university time doing a semester abroad, which was really nice, kind of getting that feeling of what it would have been if we had stayed. Um, so we went back after five years and back to Germany, which was nice because all of the family is around here. And with moving back and forth for work, for studies, there was a point like five, six years ago where I decided I want to go live in my mother's hometown. And we had a chance of buying a house here and being close to the family. So we have most of the family in a radius of, I want to say like maybe 15 miles or so. So that's, that's really cool. <laughs> that is awesome. It's so nice to have family nearby and a support system if you need it. And I was talking to Lena a little bit earlier, like we live next door to our, my in-laws, my husband's parents, but it is just, and I think a lot of small towns are like that where families just kind of set up shop in their towns. And then they have that built-in support system. They have that family they can lean on or they can connect with on the weekends or just get together for a cup of coffee. And it is very special. And it's a great way, I think, to live. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. <laughs> I'm a former teacher, so I'm always interested to hear in the education aspect. So can you walk us through a little bit about what is the education like for a student who starts in Germany, or maybe you started your education in the U.S., I guess, if you were five years old. But can you walk us through what your education looked like? Sure. So um, I started preschool in the U.S. Um, I had a couple of years of preschool there. Loved it. I went to a Montessori preschool, which was a little bit more special. So when we moved back to Germany, I started kindergarten. And kindergarten in Germany is totally different than what you guys know in the U.S., so it really doesn't have that much of a learning experience. And I, I'm sure that if anybody from Germany listens to this, they're going to judge me for what I'm saying. But um, I feel like it's not as much of a learning experience. It's, it's more playtime and it's more um, kids interacting, which is a lot of so social learning that's happening there, but not so much like reading, writing and, and things like that. Not as much formal education. Um, and in Germany, you have to go to kindergarten for one year. And after that, you transition into elementary school for four years, and then you have a choice which type of school you go to next. So it's not like in the U.S. where you have one type of middle school, high school, and then you finish. But in Germany, you have at least three different types of schools you can choose between. Um, and there are different types of levels, so to speak. So you have like um, a, what I would call lower level, oftentimes referred to as Hauptschule. So what they call main schooling, it's like a basic type of education that you get there. Okay. Um, and then you have a type of middle level school, Realschule, um, which caters to most needs is what I would say. If you're decently good at elementary school, you usually go at least into that direction. And then you have what they call gymnasium, which is um, usually meant to prepare you for going into college or university later on. So typically, if you go to that third level of school, you have two or three years of additional schooling than compared to the other two. Gotcha. So, yeah, that is yeah, so, so interesting. I, I just, I think every, which is great. I think that there are a lot of different educational options and there's a lot of models for educating youth and, you know, there's no right answer. I think, like you said, kindergarten having a play-based, like social, emotional learning. I think that is so important because I know that my kids, they've gone to preschool because like you 
alluded to, kindergarten in the U.S. is a lot of formal learning now. So these preschool years that our kids went to, that is a lot of the social emotional learning. And it is so important and it's formative into who they become. So I think that's awesome. And I think that's really interesting to look at. Okay. Kids can make choices and families can make choices for what works within their skills or in their desires for their future. And I love that they have options. Is that something that families can choose or are they like guided by teachers and administration as they decide which level of education to go to? Well, usually they can choose. I mean, they have like different things that they look at. If kids are socially prepared for that specific type of schooling, if um, they are good enough from, from an educational standpoint, do they have the reading, writing skills to um, choose that path? But usually the families and the teachers kind of get together, look at those different aspects and decide together. And then the family has the last choice. So they even can choose the specific school that they want their child to go to. And then they usually apply to that school, but most likely they get into the school that they choose. Um, which is kind of nice. And especially because you have all these different choices regionally and your kids can go to school with their best friends, but still you have these options and you can switch back and forth if need be. So if your kid um, turns out to have a great time with math and um, is doing really well, but has a harder time with reading and writing, you still might choose that higher educational path because your kid is going to do really well at that specific area. Um, and might want to go to university and college later on for math or whatever it is. Oh, very interesting. Oh, like I said, I could talk to you forever. Um, <laughs> we, we, we needed a second episode at some point. <laughs> we, might, we might have to have a follow-up. So yeah, listeners, if you have questions that we didn't touch on, maybe we'll just do a question and answer session sometime down the Absolutely. road. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Lena, what are some of the things about your small town? that you just love? You talked about what your town is known for, but what are some of the other aspects that you are like, gosh, I just love that we chose this small town life. I love the close-knit community. I love that people know each other. For sure, they're up in, in people's businesses sometimes, but that's part of the whole experience. Yeah, that is. It's the same here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just love that you always have somebody you can rely on. People are really friendly with each other. They, they know family background. I loved coming into the community just because my family was known. I could say, you know, I'm rooted from that family. They go, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you're, you're one of us. And that's just, this feeling is something special, especially if you've moved quite a bit, such as I did as a kid. And it's just so nice to come somewhere and people going, oh yeah, you're one of us. Come in um, and we're welcoming you into this community. And I think that's something really special. It can be hard for outsiders, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that um, one of your recent podcasts, you talked about that as well, um, how hard it can be to get into a community that you are not usually a part of or that you come into from an outside perspective. But I think that's something that we can all grow um, with and, and learn from each other, keeping that open mind. And especially if you have people like my family that has been around for quite a while, but also um, some family members going out and about and seeing different things, bringing that perspective into the community as well, and maybe becoming a little bit more open and more welcoming to people that have not lived here their entire life. Oh, that is, yes. So insightful, Lena. And I'm glad that you brought up that episode. I'll make sure we link to it in the show notes about moving into a small town community. Cause like you said, and I'm sure a lot of people listening can identify with in small towns, it's like, you go in and I'll never forget one of my first jobs was at a local diner cafe and I would serve coffee and these older people would be like, whose granddaughter are you? And then I'd say who my grandparents were and they're like, oh, and then they'd launch into a story about how they knew my grandparents. And like you said, it makes for a very close knit community. But also if you're not from here or if you've been away a while and you come back, it can be kind of daunting to come into a community that's so close knit that you feel like it's hard to get into that too. And so I love that you mentioned having people moving in and coming back and getting these outside life experiences are just as important and critical to small towns to help people expand their worldview, to open their minds 
and to learn, like, even if you've been in this community your whole life, you need to be open and accepting and go out of your way to be welcoming beyond just a smile and a wave. You need to take efforts to be welcoming to newcomers. I think that's awesome. Absolutely. And we have to do that just to make sure that our communities survive. I mean, we all see the tendencies that people sometimes love to get those big city experiences and and get all the benefits from living in places like Cologne, like Berlin, which is nice. But I think especially if you think about raising a family, oftentimes being in those smaller communities has a number of benefits that you do want to preserve and, and want to have a community that still stands strong. Yes. So do you guys see that in your communities as well? Is there quite like when children get to that age where they can go to university, are a lot of them choosing to go out and travel to the larger cities or even abroad? Yes. Oftentimes we see that, um, that people are going out and and kind of getting those experiences, but more often than not, I would say people come back at some point. So they, they get all these experiences, they see the world, which is wonderful. And then when it comes time for like having your own family or kind of getting into your own roots a little bit more, people come back to the community. And I think that's something that is great, especially from a workforce standpoint as well. Um, Getting those people back with all these different skill sets, with the knowledge that they have acquired through their experiences. And I think it's so important to have those come back as well into that community, just because it makes the workforce around here stronger and getting a more diverse background for companies to pick and choose from as well. Oh, I think so too. And have you, I guess here in the U S and some of our rural areas, we've noticed that with COVID kind of the opposite has happened where some of the more rural States and areas are seeing huge growth and the Metro areas are seeing a lot of exodus from people wanting to get out and away from these populated cities. Are you seeing the same things over in Europe or is that not quite documented yet? Um, I don't think that we really have numbers, at least not numbers that I could really talk to, but from the experience that I see around here, I think we had that type of wave a little bit before COVID. So people kind of see, especially since we're not too far away from um, larger cities, that they see the benefits of living in more rural areas and just taking the commute into the city, Um, even if they have to drive an hour or an hour and a half, it's way worth the benefits of living in a place with absolutely clean air, with so much green around, with the opportunity to raise children in a totally different environment than in a larger city. So I think that's something that people do look at and and have been looking at for quite a while. And we see a lot of people building houses around here, staying in those smaller communities, but just commuting into work in one of the larger cities. So interesting. Okay. I'm going to ask you one more question before we get into our small talk round. And this is just so small town of me, but what is your weather like? (laughs) How's the weather today? But seriously, like, what is your weather like in your part of the world? (laughs) Isn't isn't this just a typical Midwestern conversation that we're having right now? I feel like this is just something that Midwestern people talk about a lot. (laughs) It is just a point of conversation. You work in questions about the weather sometime. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we're not, we're not too different than um, from, I think what you guys see, we don't have like the Minnesota snows. I know that that was something that was really hard to adjust to um, oh, almost like the feeling of half a year of snow and not seeing any fresh green or something. So um, we have a pretty mild climate around here. We um, don't have too cold winters. We get a little bit of snow here and there, but not too much. I put out a little post um, sometime in, I think, January when we had a little bit more snow. We had like 25 centimeters, around eight inches of snow. So our entire community was kind of breaking down because of that. We didn't know how to handle that. <laughs> so that should tell you something about how well we do with weather and with winter, especially. Um, but other than that, it's it's really mild, mild summers. We have had some hotter days the last couple of years, um, but we get all four seasons, which is nice. Um, we have some great colors during fall time and it's, it's just nice to see how those seasons go about as well as we're talking about seasons in life and in work. Oh gosh, you're just bringing this full circle, but yes, I agree (laughs) with you. I am always ready for the change of season. So when I get sick of snow and then 
right about that time, it's springtime. And as I look out my window, like the grass is just starting to get green again. It's so awesome. But then I'm ready for the summer heat and then I'm ready for the fall. And I do, I can totally connect with you on like seeing the seasons. And I love that Mm. you brought it full circle to talking about seasons of life and business. That's awesome. All right, Lena, can you, before we get into the small talk round, let us know how can people find you and follow you online? Absolutely. So uh, I am on the classics, um, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. So I'm happy to connect with people. Just shoot me a message. um, Look at what I'm posting. If you have anything to comment about it, even if I do most of it in German, you can hit the translation button. um, The translation button is awesome. Isn't it? I love it. I love it. I used to do it in both languages, but um, with the translation, it's so easy. I mean, mm-hmm. why even go through the hassle? So if, if you have any questions, if something is not as easy to understand, just uh, reach out to me and I'm happy to translate and to talk to you in English as well. And other than that, my website has a, an English section as well um, with the basic information. So that's a great way to connect with me as well and shoot me a message. Wonderful. And I'll make sure that that's all linked in the show notes so people can just have easy clicks. But yes, everything can be translated. When I was on your website earlier, it was so easy to read. And I was like, this is such a gift. Like, honestly, there's a lot of hardships in this time that we find ourselves, but there are so many gifts. And I've thought a lot about it over the last year of COVID and being quarantined and Really, it would have been so much harder, I feel like, if we didn't have these internet connections, social media connections, and this outlet to connect with people. For sure. Okay, Lena, I just have a couple questions. You listen to the podcast, so you've heard this before, but the small talk round are just a few questions that I have and I would love to hear about from you. So first off, we're going to start with an easy one. Do you have a go-to snack? that you keep handy while you're at work or at home? Um, I would say cookies probably, and specifically American cookies. I'm so spoiled with that. <laughs> so German, German cookies are usually hard cookies. So you have a really great crunch with them and Germans love their crunchy cookies. I love the soft ones. So that can, can be interesting at times, but yes, cookies. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, do you have a favorite cookie? Chocolate chip, sugar cookies? Chocolate chip and Oreos. Oh, yep. You're speaking Mm. my language. (laughs) Uh, What is your favorite place to travel? Like your best trip you've ever taken? Where was that to? Oh, best trip. Um, Probably have to say the US. Um, We've had the chance to travel quite a bit there. And my absolutely favorite place on earth probably is Lutzen in Minnesota, right up on Lake Superior. Oh, I've never been there, but I've, I know I've heard a lot of people who have gone there and they say it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. Absolutely. So if you have a chance, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm putting where you're at in Germany on my bucket list too. I'm like, I need to go visit that place. Totally. Um, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take you to that Oak we talked about. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So we, on our honeymoon traveled to Hawaii and mm-hmm. there we went to the island of Maui and they have some gorgeous old trees and there's like a community park in this town of Lahaina and the trees were just like they were tall but then the limbs would grow all the way down to the ground so you could climb it was just beautiful but there's something about trees isn't there i'm so glad you brought it's that in today such a fun absolutely. fact but amazing um lena what was your first job My first job probably was a volunteer job. So I started working in our parish library, did that for almost 10 years, which was amazing, which then led to me becoming a bookseller before um, going into college. So probably bookseller slash parish librarian. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Which leads well into my next question. Do you have any books or podcasts that you recommend to people that they need to read or listen to? One book that I thought was really fascinating when we talk about communication was a book by Alan Elda. Um, He's known as his role in MASH as Hawkeye. You would never think that somebody like him. When you said that, I was like the actor. (laughs) Okay. Absolutely. The actor. Um, And he's just amazing. Um, And he wrote a book about communication and um, studies about communication that he did during his time as an acting teacher and um, working with a university in the U.S. And that was just such a great read. It's just fun to read because he has a lot of stories that he tells, but also just getting that 
background, that science background on communication. I thought that was just a great read. Oh, that's And of course, when we talk about podcasts, I mean, your listeners know which podcast they have to listen to. <laughs> I swear I'm not building this question in just to plug the podcast, but I, I do appreciate that. And I know you're a listener. I'm, I love that you're here. Um, okay. I think we're at the last one. Lena, what are some of your 2021 goals, either personally or professionally? So personally, one of my big goals kind of is looking into relationship with my boyfriend and probably taking those to the next level, which will be a fun time, I think. And professionally, I really just hope to kind of stay afloat with COVID and everything going on, um, helping my clients, making their life a little bit easier as far as I can do that and just giving them some tools to make their life a little bit better and hopefully getting everybody past all that COVID craziness and getting back to some kind of normal life as we knew it before. Yes. I think that we can all say with pretty certain terms that everybody's goal for 2021 is to just get everyone healthy and able to connect with each other in real life again. For sure. Well, Lena, I am so thankful that you reached out and that you had time to speak with us today on the podcast. I learned so much and I'm serious. We should do a follow-up question and answer session. So listeners, like send me any questions. I'll make sure that I put it on Instagram stories and Facebook and you can drop questions and we'll schedule a follow-up. I would love that. And no question is, is inappropriate, inappropriate or anything. If you want to know anything about Germany, about how we live, what we do, if we have washing machines, we do have them, whatever it is, ask away. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Thank you so much, Lena. And I'm just so happy that you were here today. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded. <laughs>